0: You all football season long by the good folks over at thoriumwealth.com. Check them out online, thoriumwealth.com, T H O R I U M.com, for uh, more information. Full disclosures are thanks to Thorium Wealth for their support of the show and all of Caps Corner. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of the aforementioned website, coming to you live from the Pledge Franklin States in the west end of Richmond, where it is Tuesday, November the 26th. Virginia has a big football game on Friday, so we're going to start by talking about basketball because that's kind of what we do. Um, We're going to talk about Virginia's win in um, I don't even know how to say that city in Connecticut But basically at the Mohegan Sun And the tip-off event Um, Interesting victories, to say the least uh, Over Arizona State Um, I don't know if you guys know this or not But um, Kihei Clark and Remy Martin grew up friends Just in case y'all were wondering Also, Mike London was a cop Um, We will talk about that for a little while And then we'll switch over to football Get into the de facto Coastal Division Championship game uh, The Commonwealth Cup Game, fifteen-year streak. Um, the one day a year where I despise owning a message board the most. Um, all kinds of good stuff at the end of the week. Before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. Up in Fishersville, David Spence is on the show. Hello, buddy. How are you?
1: <laughs> How do you think I am? It's, <laughs> it's, it's Tech Week. It's it's uh.
0: That's all. Wait, don't say much because I, I have a whole conversation yeah. around this.
1: I want yeah, to get It's Tech Week. Who days on the board? At who days on Twitter?
0: And up and rest, and staff writer Justin Ferber also on this year program. How are you, my friend? It's main week. It's main week. <laughs> oh, the my Black God. Bears that are coming is such to Charlottesville. a great title. It's
2: main week. Oh, it's main week. The Black Bears, they're coming to, to JPJ tomorrow afternoon for a matinee. For a matinee. Um, yeah. I don't think, is there anything else going on? I don't think um, so. I
0: don't know. I don't know. I okay. Mean, yeah. Well,
2: we'll figure it out. <laughs> Do the thing at Justin at, at Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter, but they just announced today that they're going to delete a lot of uh, inactive Twitter accounts. So maybe a new handle in the future. Oh, oh, interesting. Uh, you didn't see that? I did not. Oh, wait, wait, yeah. The, basically, they're going to purge like all the inactive accounts to open up more names. So, at Cavs Corner potentially in your future. The, okay, don't joke. I don't.
0: I don't know who's sitting on that. Right I, now. I can, okay, wait. Cavs underscore Corner, great place for the game updates, content items, and the occasional witty banter. Um, all right. Listen, I don't think I could switch, though. I mean, at this point, Cavs underscore corner is like a brand. You know, like, I don't think I could switch. What I would do is I would get it, and then I would redirect people to this one, right? Because I'm already verified and stuff. I don't want to go through that whole process again. I don't want to do that. No, thank you. No. I say I, I say no. I say no, sir. No, thank you. Good day. All right. Um, I got to say... We you, I texted you guys this during the basketball game Sunday afternoon and you guys didn't seem to think it was <laughs> think it was it was as noteworthy as I did. But we had this whole discussion on the podcast a few weeks ago um about, you know, fans were talking about how like, oh, it's not a big deal, the team's gonna take their lumps, but it's not, you know, I'm not, I'm so not stressed this year. And I was like, mm-hmm. And I remember us talking about it and being like, yeah, that's not going to last. And then it didn't last. And then folks got super stressed the first time that they were playing pretty crappy and looked like they might get beat. Credit to them and a credit to Casey Morsell for, for kind of steering the ship back uh, into the straight and narrow. Um, I, I was, I don't know, I in a way I was really impressed that they were able to sort of um, harness that thing and get it pointed back right. Dave, as you watched... Uh, I, I believe you watched, right? You watched that one. You didn't yeah, watch Saturday, yeah, but I you watched. did watch Sunday. I watched. I watched. I watched. You went back and watched. Okay, so yeah, no. what's in terms of the worst case scenario for UVA? A nineteen zero run seems to be pretty high on the list. Um, I guess unless you want to say it's a twenty to zero run. But anyway, um, what did you think of Sunday? What did What did you were Were you more discouraged by the by the first part or more encouraged by the second part? Um
1: Neither. I mean, <laughs> like, um, both. I mean, I, I didn't did comment about your about your text just because I, mean, I knew it was going to happen. Um, right. Right. I was not that way. I wasn't honestly like me. That you guys know me. Um, I was not uptight at all. Like it just it was what it was. And if we lost, we lost. Um, only wrinkle was I was um, at my parents' house and watching it with my dad, who's one of those I can't watch Virginia play because they lose when I watch guys. So during the 19 0 run, I started hearing, this is why I can't watch. (laughs) So, um, but now, I mean, I mean, were we down? You know, Auburn had a pretty big leave with little Tom left. So, like, 19 19 0 run in the middle of the game is not going to scare me too much. Um, Yeah, I mean, concern level during the game. I mean, like, I'd love to win every game forever. I'm I'm never going to not have a little bit of disappointment if we lose, but. you know, I said a lot of prayers leading up to that national title so I'm going to be good to my word and just let it go right um yeah you know, they had they had a good run and but virginia to their credit without the guys who largely led the comebacks last year have managed to like you know in crucial situations this year show that show that the culture's there if you will like that they're not going to lose they don't get rattled um doesn't mean they're not going to lose a game but the team was a lot less rattled than Twitter was.
0: Oh, UVA Twitter never changed. Ferber, you and I have talked about this at basketball games, right? Like, the idea that, like, when you can't score with any consistency, regardless of how good you are, the other team is going to be in the game. And all it takes is a hand. Like, that's the thing is, like, the whole joke about, like, oh, being down to UVA by 10 feels like 20, except it's not, right? Like, it only takes a handful of shots to get you right back in it. What, what were some of your firm um, sort of takeaways from – this uh, this tournament and uh, and the way UVA played in it.
2: I mean, honestly, nothing that my thought process has not changed, really. Uh, I mean, they're a great defensive team. They have limitations on offense. I think they will get better as the season goes along. But I think that, like I said last week, at some point you are what you are. You have to acknowledge that and figure out what the best way to win is. And I think right now the best way for this team to win is like this. Um, I mean, hopefully it doesn't always require a comeback or you know, coming down to the last possession or two. But, I mean, they're simply just not able to run away from teams because they're not scoring. I mean, you look at that game and you're like, man, what a great defensive effort, and that's true. But, I mean, 50 points is not a high bar. 50 points is a very low bar. Um, So, I mean, I think that this is what you're going to see. And with that, I mean, like I said last week, you are all gear vulnerable to at a minimum be in games that you don't want to be in. If you can't score. Um, I think it's easier to, in some ways it depends on the game, but I think in some games like, like the one yesterday, if you have more talent, I think it's easier to run away from a team. If you score a lot than if you don't, right. because you saw it. I mean, they went on a quick run. I mean, and, and you got to give Arizona state credit. I mean, they got really hot. Um, and it wasn't just bad defense. It was just, they made a lot of shots. Um, but, I mean, 19 points in a row, you know, normally that's a big run. But, I mean, imagine if UVA could score like 10 more points a game. I mean, they, they wouldn't even matter. You could go on a 19-0 run and lose by a lot. Um, I don't think they're going to give up a lot of 19-0 runs this year. But if they keep scoring in the 40s or the 50s, I mean, they're going to be in games against teams like Clemson and – you know, Virginia Tech and Boston College and, and teams that you normally might not be in such close games with just because by default, I mean, these are D1 ACC level basketball players. They will be able to score from time to time, even against good defense. Right.
0: I wondered as I was kind of I was driving. Was I driving to Charleston Monday or driving? Anyway, this idea came up to me. I was like, it's funny because not that long ago. Right. The national sort of um, conversation around UVA was about how they were, you know, ruining basketball, and blah, blah, blah one of the things that like national pundits and non let's call them non um like non regional people like it's not even just like national folks it was like even parts of the ACC but like where they didn't like watch a lot of virginia is this idea that virginia didn't blow teams out dude virginia used to blow i mean like some of those years like they're blowing teams out like they're they're winning pretty comfortably and now they're they're kind of guilty of the thing That they were being accused of before, right? Is that, like, you're right Like, a lot of these games are going to be a lot tighter Than they probably should be um, And then I start thinking about Like, there's this weird sort of symmetry Between Virginia's offense in football And its offense in basketball, right? Like, football team keeps getting these, like You know, until the last three games, right? Would get these, you know The defense is given them great field position Special teams giving them great field position, right? They... They have all these opportunities and they're just not really doing much With it right and we would talk about You know Ferber's opus right the you know Lack of this and the lack of that man Virginia's defense doing a lot of heavy lifting Right now and the offense is just not there Now credit to Casey Morsell. I We've been talking about it you know Whether it's on the pod or not Like everybody understood that like eventually the kid was Going to be fine like he wasn't he wasn't going to keep Shooting as poorly as he'd been shooting Forever but I thought he did a really Nice job of continuing to be aggressive And that's a thing that that I think in the past, um, even earlier, um, you know, Ty and Kyle were, were kind of aggressive. Dre had his moments where he would kind of be a little bit too passive, but I thought Casey did a really nice job in this game of continuing to be aggressive, even if he wasn't going to start shooting jumpers. Um, and that aggression seems to have, you know, sort of stuck to with him. You know, I thought he did a really nice job of not passing up shots and that a lot of times with Virginia's offense, um, over the years, you know, last year, obviously a, a different animal, but like where when you're sort of always looking to find the best shot and the perfect pass, like you're kind of always passing. And sometimes you just need dudes to go out there and play. And I thought they did a better job of that um, in the latter part of that second half. Um, and they let their, yeah, and they I let mean, their defense kind of get them going a little bit.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think we would be remiss if we didn't talk about Casey a little bit, because I, I think his play has gotten kind of lost in the fact that, you know, this is a new team and everything else, but I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but has a true freshman, like, played this well in his spot for Tony? Um, forget about the offense, but yeah. defensively, yeah. like, I mean, he looks like Noah. He looks like a redshirt Malcolm Brogdon on defense, and that's not a slight to Malcolm. No. Because Malcolm got much better.
0: It's a um, heck of a compliment, I think. Yeah. But,
1: I mean, he is so good on defense, and by that, yeah. I could like, I made it. I was watching the game with Walt and my dad. I, I made a joke, you know, when Casey made a – Missed the three early I was like "Wow, she's gonna end up Hitting the three to win the game Cause he just has the confidence That he's not gonna back away From that shot And What I was most impressed with Was as much as he's struggling Shooting the, the, With the jump shot Is he didn't just Settle for them Like he right. started yeah, yeah, driving yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had yeah. like Three drives in a row And this is a true freshman And I, I think You know Ty and Kyle had some moments As true freshmen This dude is starting And playing a lot of minutes And doing very well
0: Part of it's physical Right Like dude is I mean, physically, he, I mean, and also, too, like, he's been through the gauntlet. I mean, he played for takeover. He played, you know, like, he played, in, you know, in that high school league, like, you see a lot, you see a lot, you know, and he's had, you know, various teams, and over the years, he's had different roles. I, I think one of the things that was hard for him seemed to be, you know, kind of adjusting to the to the, to the, the speed of things, um, you know, in, in high school, you can probably catch and look and then pass, and in, in, in Virginia's system, ball needs to keep moving, like, you, it can't get stuck, and I think he was he seemed to be just overthinking. But you're right, dude. Like as as physical as he is, to be in a place where he's as sound as he is, is it's not normal. Like he's just really not normal. And that's I mean, I don't know if I don't know if I'd say he's Brogdon esque, but he's definitely Brogdon like, right? Like it's he's getting to that territory where you're like, you want to put him on like you want to put him on the other team's best player, you know, as long as he's not seven foot right um but you want to put him on their best player and and like i think i'm pretty sure i haven't gone back and rewatched this one pretty sure that one of the things that slowed remy martin down was that they switched off of kihei and had casey on him for a couple possessions now i'm not saying that that you know that automatically shut off the kids water but it certainly didn't hurt you know what i mean Where were you about you were about to say something forever
2: yeah i was just in general i mean I think the the offense's issues are, you know, going to get highlighted. But, I mean, Casey's defense, the whole team's defense, it is absurdly good right now. I mean, if you, I'm just looking at their Ken Palm profile. (laughs) Number one in adjusted defensive efficiency. Number one in effective field goal defense. Number five in offensive rebound percentage allowed. uh, Number two in free throw attempts, like fewest per field goal attempts. uh, Number 20 against threes number two against twos and uh, the fifth highest block rate. Like <laughs> what? It's like, it's like completely green across that side of the, like that column. Um, so, I mean, if you could get a little bit more from your offense, this team could be, I mean, and I would say they're already really good, but I mean, this team could be, uh, could run up a bunch of wins if they could get some more out of the offensive side, of, you know, of the, I wouldn't say of the ball, but you know, on that side of the court on offense. I mean, it, it's kind of the opposite. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you guys can weigh on and you know weigh in on this, but like the three-point shooting is is in a place right now where it's so bad that either it's going to stay like that and it's going to be a problem, or and and I kind of lean in this direction. I think it's gotta move towards the mean. Uh, it's just, I mean, they're they're 344th nationally shooting 23.7%. That's like crazy bad. So. I mean if they can get that up to thirty, I mean they don't even have to be elite. I think that that would be you know a huge help and and could help them get some separation last thing before we switch over to football um
0: so going forward we obviously we we want to see Virginia start to you know offensively you know expand um the 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 i don't know the the repertoire so to speak like you want to see them knocking down some shots. I think the biggest thing for them quite honestly is stop turning the ball over um. I don't think you can point to turnovers and say, like, oh, that is the fix. Like, they're not all of a sudden going to be able to shoot because they stopped turning over. But I do think that you can't, as I tweeted the other day, um, like, you can't, you can't, as good as your defense is, you, you're, you can't shoot as poorly as Virginia's been shooting lately and be turning over this much. One of those things you can probably live with. You can't live with both. And for this team, I think Tony even said in the preseason, like, they've got to be efficient. And um, you're not going to you're not going to have shooting the likes of which, you know, Ferber's point earlier, like this is who they are and they got to figure it out. But but the inefficiency is something they can clean up. And a lot of that will, I think, come with time where guys are, you know, having you know, they're getting more reps, more minutes together. And that would that'll help. But I also think sometimes there's a feel to it. Right. Like you sort of um, you sort of have to to know when to to try this or that. And I think sometimes it's not even like they're trying to be like showtime. It's like sometimes they're trying to be like too cute by like a half. You know what I mean? Like if they dial it back a little bit, which happens typically over time, I feel like they'll be fine. But that inefficiency to me um, is a is something they have got to fix. Uh, Dave, what's other than obviously knocking down some shots? What do you want to see from this team over the next you know let's say month?
1: I mean, I think honestly, I think you've got to figure out a way to get Hayes some minutes off the floor, um, that's whether that's point. Chase or, or Casey playing. Um, Because I think that's what you saw a little bit in the Arizona State game. Um, If you looked at Virginia historically, playing back-to-back days when you're a team that doesn't generate easy offense and plays defense like they do, like, it doesn't surprise you that, you know, they kind of struggled day two. Um, And the turnover thing, I I think that's some – it's got to be – Casey's, like, guarding the guy, you know, his guy three-quarters court almost every possession. And then he's initiating the offense every possession. And he's playing – a lot of minutes um and that kind of leads to you know, kind of leads to turnover so for me like that's what i like to see what i think it like coleman's got some minutes in that tournament and he looked okay at times i mean you know he's really young and hasn't played a lot um so for me like whether that's casey or or, or coleman um one of those two guys has to be able to give um give kihei I don't know how many minutes per game, but even right. four or five minutes per game is a big make a big right. difference For sure. March.
0: What about you, Farber? What are your what is something you want to see over the next month?
2: I mean, i, I, I we kind of covered it to some extent just offensively. I want to see them shoot the ball better. Um you know, you know, I'd like to I'd like to see I mean, we've seen Momedy kind of go off in some of these games. I'd like to see more of the Momedy J Huff combo. Um and and maybe see Jay have some some breakout games. I mean, obviously, he's not playing bad. Um, but I would like to kind of see him have a few games where he kind of takes over, especially against some of these teams coming up where you might be able to do that. Uh, it, it's just I, I would like to see him kind of assert himself and and maybe that takes some of the pressure off of Momney around the rim and opens things up for everybody else.
0: That's a good place to put a pendant on the basketball side. Before we get started on football, let me – Take our break for the evening and remind you that uh, the Cavs Corner podcast brought to you this evening by the good folks over at Second String Sports in Stewart's Draft. Uh, Second String has all the 2020 gear from Louisville Slugger, DeMarini, Wilson, Easton, Evo Shield, as well as quality gear. So if you play baseball, softball, football, or soccer, you can find the gear that you need at Second String Sports. If you have something from last season that you aren't using anymore, you can bring it to Second String and get a credit towards your next purchase. And if you're looking to purchase a new bat, but you're not sure which one to get, you can. Come by Second String, try out their uh, demo zone, and they'll talk to you about the best bat for your swing. Uh, second String also has a large selection of Wilson A2000 and A2 Clay gloves and is a Wilson Glove of the Month retailer. You can check out what they have to offer at their store just outside Waynesboro, 2627 Stewart's Draft Highway, or you can go to their website right now, secondstringsports.com. That's second with a two. First String Quality, First String Service, Second String Sports. Our thanks again to Second String for their support of the show and all of com. All right, it's Tech Week um i, I want to do like a I want to do like a nerve check like look I own a message board um I'm a typically kind of um optimistic sort of person you get to like th- right around Thanksgiving man and my 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 stress level starts to start rising right like this even like earlier like this last weekend like it just because it was even on the periphery people are already starting like getting fights for no damn reason um i'm I'm starting to feel the stress dave sounds like maybe you're starting to, uh, if you, I don't know if I, if I can say starting, but you're feeling the stress, uh, Ferber what's, <laughs> what's your, what's your stress level? Like you're, you're typically pretty, uh, a reasonable human. What, what's, uh, what are, what are you feeling these days?
2: I mean, it's a huge game. Like there's, you can't, there's no hiding that, not just because it's a rivalry, but everything else that's at stake as well. So, I mean, honestly, I think it'd be, it'd be weird not to have that anxiety about this, especially given how this rivalry is gone. I mean, I don't think that's weird at all. It's just part of the deal. It seems like an annual tradition. (laughs) Fifty-eight. You cut the you cut the turkey and then you you drink a lot because you're nervous about the next day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully not the next day very many more times.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's you know, and that's actually something that I'm really hopeful. I until like the last maybe two years had no issue with the Black Friday game, but if you're gonna play this thing, you can't play it at noon. And credit to Virginia, Virginia Tech for reaching out that's to the, the. That's the
2: game. It's like the noon is terrible. Like, yeah,
0: that's a bad. It's a bad look. How dare? How dare, how dare UVA put this on a noon? Which is sarcasm. Yeah, exactly. People don't yeah. at me or don't email me. <laughs> so many scheduling myths Yeah. Um. All right, so UVA wins this game. <laughs> I'm gonna ask this question, <laughs> and suddenly it it's funny to me, but whatever. Um UVA wins this game and they end the streak. They win the coastal. Um maybe after a tech game for once I don't have to have a dumpster fire on my hands. What's what's the thing that matters the most to you? We'll we'll go with Dave first because this one seems to be somewhat self-explanatory. Dave, what's the the aspect of a win that's most important to you? <laughs>
1: It's a loaded question
2: because it is. You mean like ending the streak versus making the title right? Game versus yeah, like or, it, yeah, I obviously, mean, will,
0: obviously will, you get both you, of them if you do it, but you know, I'm just yeah, curious. I, I will tell you, like, which I part was, would honestly, you, yeah, like, which part's more important? I
1: mean, the, ending the streak is more important to me. Um, I mean, uh, he, uh, you kind of asked it as how the win, of, yeah, I would have hit me with the first, like, I can literally say there's not one thing that would be in my mind, it's like 50. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> It's like uh, fifty. You don't understand like Oh, I'm, know, pretty sure understand. We, I'm pretty sure
0: I understand. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I understand. I mean this
1: thing this is the thing for me, right? Um I mean, but you know, for the God, just so much, man. Like I can't even imagine what it would feel like. Um, and I, I, like, if you're a Tech fan listening to this, you want to bust on me about that, then go ahead. Listen, if a Tech fan yeah. is
0: 23 minutes into this podcast and yeah. listening to this, hey, more power to you. You really yeah, don't and dedicate that's your craft. Like, I'll
1: admit it. Like, I don't know how I would feel if it happens. Um, like, I don't know if it will feel like beating Duke in that ACC tournament game did, but it probably will. Um, so hopefully it's this year. <laughs> God, I mean,
0: he, he already said Dave sounds desperate, Ferber. Um, what so the reason the way and let me let me try to give some context. What I'm trying to say is, what's most important to you is it more important for Virginia to win the coastal and go to the championship game or for to beat Virginia Tech? Obviously, both of these things are gonna if they happen are gonna get accomplished if they happen right together, but I'm just curious, like, what part matters more? Like, to me, I could not, I mean, like, I don't want to say I couldn't care less because that's technically untrue. I really want Virginia to be in the coastal. Uh, to be the coastal champs Go to the championship game I think that would be a lot of fun um, I certainly want to cover an ACC championship game um, I stayed in that hotel That's the media hotel in Charlotte and I'm really looking forward to being back um, But honestly like the win over Tech And just not having to deal with You know from the work side of it For me like that's I mean that's the thing I'm, I mean I, look I'm just throwing my cards on the table I want them to win strictly so Like my site doesn't catch fire Right like so f- for just one Thanksgiving And for you know whatever That I don't have to deal with You know all of everybody Angry right um, That's my own personal thing I understand That like no you know very few people under- I get it but like that's me What's What What do you think is more important to you Ferber
2: It's beating Tech um, I mean we've gotten to a point where if the streak Was at four years then, then I wouldn't say That uh, I mean like the 2007 game Is actually a perfect example where the first time they got to play for the Coastal. I mean, at that point, making the ACC championship game was a weird concept anyway, because it had only been around for like two years. Um, but I mean, it was still a, it would have still put UVA on a bigger stage than where they could normally go. And I, I'm obviously, I'm not like delegitimizing the Coastal, you know, winning the Coastal at all, or going to the Orange Bowl, which I think is also big. Um, but I mean, at this point, it, it's something that gets talked about in the state or Commonwealth, sorry, um, <laughs> outside of outside of the Commonwealth, nationally, around the conference. Um, it's something that people on the outside understand is a, is a hurdle that UVA hasn't been able to get over, right? And um, I think at this point, I, it, I'm not saying it's going to end on Friday um, or next year or the year after that. Um, I will say the same thing I said about basketball after the UMBC game, though. I think UVA football is built a lot better now than it was in a lot of these other games during the streak. Um, I think that they're building towards something uh, for people that are hesitant or waiting around for them to start winning. They are winning now. Um, I mean, they just won eight games for the second straight year. They haven't done that in a long time. So, I mean, I think that this is winning and, and I think that, you know, you can't just wish it to happen to make it happen, but I think eventually if they continue to do things the way that they're doing them and, and play at the level that they're playing at now this season and, and last season, then the streak will end. It's just eventually it wears on you, and every time you lose, you have to wait another year. So um, I think that would be the biggest aspect of this particular game.
0: So the Commonwealth Cup has been a thing since 1996. <clears throat> Virginia's won it three times. Which seems
2: weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The Virginia, actual trophy, anyway.
0: Yeah, the actual, sorry. Yeah, yeah, the cup itself, right? Since 1996, Virginia's won it three times. 97, 98, um, and 2003. That's it. That's the list. Every single one of them. Now, there's a period between 87 and eighty, and excuse me, 98, where Virginia won three, four, five, six, seven, eight of them, right? Um, which is nice, but obviously this, the streak has, has turned this thing into... Um, a whole different animal. Um, 2007, 33-21. Like Ferber mentioned, this thing has gotten. It, you know, the streak has been there. There are times where it's been close. You know, 17-14. There's a obviously a. a They've really found a way to die in like every possible every way. possible way you could die. Right, every
2: possible way. There Absolutely there. embarrassing blowouts at home and away. Yeah, 52 to yeah. 10 uh, in uh, uh, in Blacksburg. Game-winning field goal as time expired. Yeah. Uh, blown leads. In The fourth quarter, uh, overtime loss. I know Dave is like biting into something right 38 now. Thirty-eight to so nothing that- in twenty eleven. Oh, um, I'm swallowing something right now.
0: But <laughs> but the reason so the reason I point that out is like that there is a, and I've said this before, <laughs> as as we, you know how many years we've been doing this. Like I, we've talked about this before, right? They're like every year. Right you should you know if you think about it from like a statistical purpose right every year you should be closer to the streak ending and you just never it just feels like it goes on forever you know um and credit to credit to fans who have gone to every one of these games or all of the ones that have been in Charlottesville at least like I mean man that's tough and this whole thing um you know, the fact that it is for the coastal, and Ferber, that's a good point about the Orange Bowl and everything. Like, it could, it could be a significantly, it could be a significant, you know, win in, for nothing else than just it's a bona fide in the state. Uh, it, it, it would send you to the championship game, which is a bona fide. The, what you could recruit off of it, what you could fundraise off of it. I mean, it is by and large what the biggest game since. When, when's the last time there was a game this big? Because I can't, I don't even know if you can, because of everything that's happened since, I don't even know if you can. Yeah, get I mean, like, 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 in
2: retrospect, prospect. in retrospect, that 07 game and the 2011 game aren't as big because of what right. happened afterwards. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And But you could also make yeah. the case that maybe part of what happened afterwards was in part because of it. You know, like, in, if they had made the championship game in 2007, Groh probably doesn't get fired in, 20, in 2009. Um, you know, I don't know. And then... You know, if, if London made the championship game in 2011, they probably would have just gotten roasted by Clemson. So, I mean, I think the season would have been pretty much the same. But this game, I mean, if if they were to win it um, and and lose to Clemson as expected and then go to the Orange Bowl. Um, and then, you know, let's say they I'm not even saying like it propels them to something even better in the future. If they just continue to ride this wave that they're on. We would probably look back from at this game ten, twenty years from now and say it was one of the biggest wins that UVA ever got. Um, and part of that is because UVA just doesn't have a lot of big wins.
1: Yeah, and that that's kind of what I was going to lay on. Like, I don't know how big this game is compared to games yeah. in in the past for Virginia. I
2: but mean, people if, still talk about the '03 game and the '98 game, and those games were just like, I mean, they were they were great wins, especially yeah. like the '98 comeback. But I mean, like in the grand scheme of things, did it move the needle that much? Like.
1: Yeah. I mean, it mean, we- did then, but not now, right? I mean, because it's what happens after. But, I mean, I think it, if Virginia were to win this game, um, I, I would argue it's the biggest win since I don't know when. I mean, you're probably talking mid-'90s um, as far as where
2: – Yeah, because, I mean, now you have the streak and weighing else. on it. Like, it yeah. makes it more important. Like, it's it's kind yeah, of yeah. like you broke it, right?
1: Yeah, factor in 15 <laughs> years – two coaches who are both at the same spot basically in their careers, like with their programs kind of like it or not. Like I know people want to think tech's on a big, you know, with on a higher level with Fuente, but in the last few years, these programs have been pretty much identical, right? Um,
2: yeah. I mean, tech literally tech is tech is 23 and 14 over the last three years. And UVA is 22 and 15. So one game difference. And that's what tech winning two Commonwealth cup games. So those games have really been the difference in the records.
1: Yeah, so you know, it's a perfect. You, you put that together with you know, where these two programs are um, Bronco, you know, and, and the staff and and the players and the, you know, winning eight games back to back. This huge fundraising effort for the new facility. Like a win right now could not, you know, a win that's going to put you in the Orange Bowl one way or the other and put you in a coastal championship game. There's going to be a handful of teams getting talked about after this weekend, right? Um, over the next few weeks, and then you're going to get a, a big bowl game. So the exposure of Virginia could get, plus ending the streak, like it would be a top-five win in the program history for sure. Um, and that's not trying to put Tech as like some juggernaut that's impossible to beat because Virginia has beaten better teams than this Tech team they're going to face Friday, you know, in in their history with teams probably not as good as this one. Um, but they just didn't have the Virginia Tech on their helmet. So it's it so much there to. That's so much. I feel like I have the same conversation every year on the podcast. Like, there's just so much <laughs> to get by winning.
2: Well, and maybe I, I it's selfish one, because
1: it affects my life so much, but God is huge.
2: I think this one holds a different weight than last year winning would have, because I think last year would have been you get the monkey off your back. UVA is clearly in a better place than tech because tech's bowl streak would have been over at that point. Um, in the moment, they're in a better place. But at the end of the day, people would have been like, well, tech's bad. Like I mean right. UVA's decent and tech's bad. Right. That's what people would have said. Tech would have ended the season on like a six game losing streak or something at that point. I mean you could um, have yeah. ended and the, and that's what this year it's like, us, right? hey, this year this year would be more like you, you both teams are good and you beat them anyway. And you maybe proved that you know, it, it's not all about proving who's better or whatever, but I mean you're at least on an even footing if you win this game where it's like, hey, the records are like identical. Um, you know, UVA you know that that first year, obviously you can't just like discount it the first Fuente Mendenhall year in twenty sixteen where they went like ten and four or whatever it was and UVA went two and ten. But I mean, since then the the arrows have kind of been pointing in different directions until the last like two months where tech has really kind of regathered themselves. But it, it just football's weird. So I mean, we don't know how permanent either of those statuses are going forward, but a win at least Tells people like, "Hey, I mean, they went to overtime and lost last year on the road. This year they won. I mean, it, it ain't. They're not getting like outclassed anymore." Right. Yeah. I would say and that you know, this I'll, is. I'll give you.
0: A, just go ahead, Brad No, I was gonna say I would say that this is the biggest game since '95, Florida State. Like, yeah, if they that, were to that's win, that's probably what I was. You yeah. know, like, and then that
1: you, was the biggest since '90, Clemson. <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> like, if you think about it in terms of like not just ending the streak, but going to the Coastal, winning the Coastal, and going to the Orange Bowl and playing the championship game, I mean. There are so and specifically because of some of the like circumstances, right? Like it's a totality thing. Like this is a coaching staff which has done a very good job of taking you know recruits and turning them into better players for the most part, right? They've done a really good job of creating an identity and a culture. Um recruiting has started to tick up slightly. Um in state it has not happened. And this this is this is for a lot of a lot of people the, the reason. I, I always argue that like, well, it's not necessarily that you're going to win like recruiting battles over tech. It's more about your bona fides, right? Because this is a staff that, for, by and large, is still you know a, an unknown commodity, even though they have worked. really – I think they've done you know what they could in terms of getting out to the high schools and you know getting that face time. But like for a lot of those folks, like they just don't know them. There's not that that sense of you know understanding. And a lot of the well, kids instead there's are going no nowhere.
2: assistance. There's no assistance on the UVA staff that are known outside yeah. of UVA. Except and maybe for, Tech.
0: Except for, you know, Biscuit. I mean, he's really, you know. Right,
2: a- yeah, he's a name. But, I mean, like, you know, like, uh, other programs, not even Tech. I mean, like, other programs, in the, they have coordinators that people know. Like, UVA doesn't have that because Broncos chosen to promote from within. And not notoriety isn't necessarily the most important thing. It's how good you are at your job. But, that, like you said, that is kind of a factor, right? I mean, I think the biggest thing for this game for recruiting is you prove that you're not, your program isn't less than. like. right. Yeah. it's not necessarily about the coaches. it's saying we have the resources to beat them. We're good enough to beat them. like you know it, it's not like uh you know they're they're just you know picking on you know a program that's just not on the same level because I don't really think that's how it is. Tech has probably more money and and, and their facilities are probably nicer, but it, it it's not like they're infallible, you know, it's not like we know that the mountain can be climbed. It's just people on the outside might not see it that way, right. And, so, yeah, and,
1: and don't forget the uh, the whole thing we talk about every year like now we're at 15 years like we're offering kids who've never seen Virginia beat Virginia Tech in their lifetime now you know because you recruit you're offering freshmen and sophomores now um who can be 15 years old so <laughs> like that's how that's a big thing right
0: um, yeah i agree i agree but,
1: but it you know i think we just that it was, it, it's pretty perfect like um and, and the, the thing we didn't talk about it Is i do think there's kind of a, of an apathy, a, a football apathy amongst the Virginia fan base. And they can, they can deny it all they want. Like it, you know, as soon as there's any adversity with, with football, people dive off the ship. Um, and, you know, even when they try to get back on, they don't get back both feet, you know, they're kind of, they're always kind of half out.
0: Yeah. You know, half I mean,
1: you, you can, look you at can the, read the tweets and you can see the, in the language,
2: like, uh, well, know, I mean, you, you saw know. it in the stands. Like, oh, exactly. I mean, this, this week was an outlier and I'm not going to give people a lot of grief yeah. for not going, but like I mean, it was empty, you know. It was I wasn't really so I empty. can't say anything. <laughs> right, and and I mean the but like even the Georgia Tech game and you know games like that. I mean, they weren't exactly like close to sellouts, and and the attendance and the and the crowds are definitely better than they were. So I'm not trying to say that that's not the case. But you know, it's you know I, I'm not trying to measure everything against Tech, but like you know Tech was bad last year, and and they definitely had an attendance drop off, but then it picked right back up. Because yeah. they're, it's it's part of something where it's, like, ingrained in people to go. Yeah, um, and look. And UVA doesn't have like, that right now.
1: I don't want to say, like, Virginia fans are the only ones who are like that. Because you see no, them in Tech when they not. struggle. No, th- The issue is Virginia fans have had the kind of up-and-down regular season football with the end of the year being a smack in the face. So there was another reason to be apathetic, right? So it wasn't like Tech who just it's had like a bad you know start to come. the year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, Tech fans got a bad start to the year And start making excuses that they might lose to Virginia But they didn't really believe it, right Um, They still have that hanging over So Virginia fans, it's like, oh, we might not be that good And I'm going to get beat by Tech So, because, like, 15 years Proves otherwise So, it's a huge game
0: Well, let's talk about the actual game Um, (laughs) We're 37 minutes and change in, right? We're like, oh, yeah, let's All right Here's my thesis and you guys You guys help me out all right I feel like Tech is a better team than They were I feel like Hooker Has been able to give them something Offensively that they've been able to coalesce Around defensively I think guys Are you know things started to click and I think too there was some confidence probably that came From um, you know from The fact that their offense wasn't Bobo all Of a sudden right um, I'm I'm not necessarily saying that Virginia should be like quaking in its boots because I don't think that that's a, you know, I don't think that's what they should be doing. But I do think it's worth kind of talking about, like what's different about this tech team. To me, the biggest thing has been that they've been able to continue to be who they are defensively without having to make any real concessions. What I mean by that is like there were moments when the offense was struggling where I thought that the defense was having to sort of, Kind of not necessarily be who it was If that makes any sense right like I didn't think that They were as aggressive um, I, I thought that you know the the Lack of complimentary football really showed to, to use a Bronco phrase Dave What's different to you about this tech team now Versus pre Duke blowout for them
1: um, The defense is the big thing to me um, The defense Is definitely better but I don't know that the defense Is dramatically better I think Bronco kind of hit it on in his press conference. The offense is now possessing the ball. And we've, talk, we've talked about complimentary football all year. But Tech's offense is doing a really good job of not turning the ball over and burning up clock and you know keeping the ball in their hands and playing from ahead. Um, Hooker is what, Favano is a starter now. And in every game he's played, he's taken a total of 54 snaps with the team trailing. Which means they've been ahead a lot, Um, and he hasn't done. You know, he's only got one drive. You only had to. He's only brought the team back from behind one time as the quarterback, and that was down either three or seven to Wake Forest. Um, He actually got hurt. You know, he he gets the credit for the UNC win, but when he got hurt, they were trailing, and Ryan Willis and Quincy Patterson took that game on. Willis actually finished the drive to tie that game up, and eventually put it in the overtime. So it's complimentary football that they're, they're playing better. They're not turning the ball over. Um, and they're forcing turnovers. I don't think it's like they were a crap team before and they're a wonderful team. Now I think they're just playing what Virginia was during their streak, which is, you know, complimentary football. Um, cause if you look at them, like, so as many of you know, my wife's a Hokie and my brother-in-law is a Hokie. He's here tonight with his kids. Um, so we were talking before the podcast and
2: <laughs> just staring at you while you record. <laughs> no, they
1: they went out to dinner. So that's why that's why I asked them to move the podcast, cast time up. Um, so they're out and so I was kind of asking like how they felt about the game. And he said, "You know, we're just so much better than we were. Yeah. I, I, and you know, I think we're playing great now and you guys aren't. And I was like, Well, what's that based on? And he's like, Well, we're just on a win streak. I was like, Are you really? So like when you start diving into it, like they're not I think the perception is they're so much better because of how bad they got beat by Duke, right? But if you look at our schedules, essentially they beat Miami and we didn't, and we smacked Duke and they got smacked. But essentially the schedule, like the quality of teams we've beaten and the teams we've beaten in the Coastal are essentially identical. Out um, of conference, they had Notre Dame pegged late and Virginia, if they hadn't turned the ball over, thought dumbed, would have potentially beat Notre Dame. So I don't think there's a huge schiz- you know, a huge difference between the two teams. It's just tech is kind of trending in a better direction right now, and the teams they have played have not taken advantage of some of the deficiencies that still exist on the tech defense. Well, um, and also have kind of failed to put tech in situations where they have to not run the ball. Yeah. Um, what did I think? I think Hooker threw it 14 times last week.
0: I I, th- I will disagree with you in the sense that that Wake Forest team is not is not Liberty mm-hmm. right, and that. That pit team, Virginia got them. No, but we played better season. teams earlier
1: in the year. Well, when they t- were struggling, yeah, I, so I mean, I, I, it all works I,
0: out. I think you're right. I just mean in terms of like, if we're gonna look at it like right now, I feel like Virginia Tech's wins are more impressive um, than Virginia's are, and and that's you know they. If you gotta, believe
1: in momentum, right? Well, I I, I tend
0: <laughs> to, but I also think that yeah. just in terms of like smacking pit the way that they smack pit is impressive, and I thought that they were pretty solid against Wake Forest too. And those are two very good teams. In 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 this league, if you're not playing Clemson, you know, you get slim pickings for, for who you're gonna say are good teams. And I think Pitt and, and Wake Forest are pretty good teams. And and then too, I think it's also the way they're winning. Like your point about like, you know, Hooker hasn't done hasn't let them back. Well he hasn't needed to. Like that's in part because I think and like, you know, the, the I think the, the we're probably when we get into X's and O's here in a second, we're probably gonna say that Virginia's best chance here is to is to make Make Tech one-dimensional Take away the run And make them throw um, And hope that You know Hope you get home Um, But I mean realistically Like the reason that Hooker hasn't had to do A lot of that Is because he Hasn't needed to Like Tech It's not even a thing We can even say yet Where they can't We can say that they can't Right It's just that they haven't Um, And I don't know You know I I don't know if this is a situation Where you're going to throw A lot at him That he hasn't seen I I think that He's such a good fit For what they want to do and he seems to be a pretty good player that he's, he's surrounded by some decent skill guys and the offensive line hasn't been nearly as bad. I mean, what they did, I mean, look, that pit defensive front is not, is not easy to, to block. Um, And I thought they did a pretty good job. Ferber, what do you, how where do you come down on this whole thing?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think you guys both kind of hit on a lot of it. Uh, you know, it, I think what you said is correct. I mean, we don't necessarily know that he can't, he just hasn't had to. And, and, You know, you don't really need to do much when your team hasn't given up a point in nine quarters, um, which is where they are going into this game. They're a solid team in all three phases. Um, They, you know, at least right now. I mean, and and it's easy. I think another thing about what Dave said about kind of what happened against Duke and how that's kind of reframed everything for them. It's easier to reframe with a different quarterback because you can say like, oh, this is a big change that they made. And things are different. But I think that the complimentary football piece is just as big as any change because yes, Hooker is not turning the ball over, but also, I mean, they even talked about it this week. The the time of possession is completely, you know, different from where it was because they've been able to kind of run the ball. And I mean, if you look at their rushing attempts per game, I'm gonna pull it up now. It is absurd. It's like every game they run the ball like forty five times. Um, and you know, it's it's just hard to if you can, can if you can like pick up first downs. And do that, then I mean, you know, you're going to be a hard team to beat. And I think it, I think you're right. I think it does allow Virginia Tech's defense to kind of be themselves a little bit more than they were when they were on the field all the time. Um, I mean, yeah, North Carolina, they ran the ball 60 times um, 48 last week, 45 the week before, 48 the week before that. They've been over 40 every game but two. The Notre Dame game was one, and obviously they were losing that game for most of the game. But yeah, I mean, it's pretty It's pretty impressive that they've been able to kind of go from where they were against Duke, where it looked like they had no idea what they were doing on defense, couldn't stop anything, couldn't move the ball to where they are now, um, which is really taken it to teams. That doesn't mean that UVA can't win or anything like that, but I think that you have to feel, if you're a Virginia Tech fan, you probably feel pretty good about where your team is right now. Um but they haven't necessarily been exposed to a lot of scenarios that UVA could potentially present them with. You know, one being uh, if Bryce Perkins just makes a ton of plays and goes off. Um, they, they haven't seen a guy like him in the last however many weeks. I mean, obviously, Sam Howell can make a lot of plays with his arm, uh, and Jamie Newman can as well, Uh but James Banks at Georgia Tech isn't the same caliber player. I mean, he's obviously dynamic, but you mean James It's Grant. not the same.
0: James Banks is a forward, or be center on their basketball team.
2: Yeah, I mean, I had the score right? Um <laughs> At least you didn't say Sam Howell went to Florida State
0: anyway. Yeah, James <laughs> hey, Banks. No one, one ever knew that. You just revealed it. That's okay. I, at this point, I'll own it because you know what? It was the colossal, ridiculous mistake. Yeah. Anyway, Florida for, State wishes <laughs> for real, right?
1: Yeah. Um, you know the weird thing about Tech? Um, did you? Have, have you looked at their third down conversions the last three games? I have not. Like, they have a total, like a, in every one of the last three games, so Pitt, Georgia Tech, Wake Forest, they've converted three third downs in each game. They're nine for 36 in the last three games in a winning streak, a three-game winning streak. So they're they're making plays on first and second down by a lot of misdirection, a lot of stuff. So I think that's how you, like, so there's some weakness there. If you can get them in the third down, Hooker's not – you know a great passer in third and have to do it i think six percent success rate against Pitt or something like that
2: yeah and i mean i i 100 agree with you and that's where i was going to go it's next. just how
1: do you get them there right
2: right that and then also that pit game was such an outlier because the weather was like atrocious so i think like both teams couldn't do it like tech got that lead i was listening to it on the radio and then ended up rewatching it for for you know previewing them this week and that game was, like, over at 14 nothing. I mean, it was just a stalemate at that point. It was just who's going to punt better. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I think that those numbers can be a little misleading because of that. But, but you're right. I mean, I think that one of the things I have circled on my notes that I was writing to, to make the preview um, is exotic run. And that's just jet sweeps. They run a lot of jet sweeps, reverses, uh, counter stuff, quarterback sweeps, draws, powers. Um, so, I mean, not unlike UVA. They just run more exotic runs with the wide receivers because they have the the personnel and they're not afraid to use them. Um, but, I mean, like I think that's going to be the big thing is not just bottling up the traditional run like you would see against any other team you're gonna have to bottle up these because those sweet plays and, and you know getting the wide receivers the ball in space those, those are the ones where their yard plays and, and you saw it with Robinson last I think he had like a 60 yard catch that was basically like at the line of scrimmage and then he had a 30 something yard run um so I mean I think that they, they try to get those guys the ball in space and, and move it that way but yeah I mean I think that third and longs, third and passing, I mean, I think that's kind of where you're going to need to get it because, you know, make make Hooker uncomfortable because nobody else has seemed to be able to do that. Um, you know, make he hasn't thrown a pick, and it's kind of like nobody... It, it doesn't feel like he's had a lot of high leverage situations, especially later in games, but... Um, and I think that takes me to the big point is UVA has struggled so much early in these games against Tech. I, I did the math, like... And obviously every team's different. You can't necessarily extrapolate out. It's been three different coaching staffs, but Tech has had a tendency to jump on them. Um, UVA hasn't scored first against Tech since 2009. Um, that was Al Groh's last game, the man in the glass, all that nonsense. Man, the, man. Um, the man in the glass scored first oh. that day, and he hasn't scored first since. Um, I think I think UVA has been shut out at halftime six times of the 15. Um and they average like two points a quarter in the first quarter or something crazy like that. The second quarters have been damning. Like they've, that's the quarter where Tech has dominated. They average like nine points a quarter, and UV averages like two. Um, so that first half, I mean, if they can get on Tech early and and make Tech uncomfortable, because one of the things and and Dave I think will be quick to agree with this, that Tech team early in the season when they were faced with adversity folded. Yeah, they like, crumbled a lot. They, constantly that was part of their problem it just as soon as they got punched in the mouth and that's a lot of their problem last year was just you kind of saw guys like in the wrong spots or, or just they just didn't look like the virginia tech that we're used to seeing and that duke game was a i mean a microcosm of that they had that fumble where they were winning i don't remember what the score was and then duke just completely dominated the rest of the game um And so I think if UVA can get on them early and put Hooker in a spot that he hasn't really been in, except for maybe earlier in that, you know, that weight game, I think at halftime was like six to three or something like that, you know, get up 10, nothing, you know, put them in a situation where maybe if nothing else, they're a little bit uncomfortable or unfamiliar and then see what happens.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't disagree. I think for me, the thing. Look, you know what the situation is in the secondary. I think they're probably better off with Haskins Smith at corner and Devontae Cross in the at safety. Ferber and I had this long conversation that was basically the whole game. Um, if if you don't come out in some sort of formation that puts somebody in the slot, I don't care who's doing what. I don't. I mean, it could be a tight end. I don't care. But if you don't force UVA to use somebody to cover the slot. You're derelict to duty. Like, because right now, what's the nickel situation for UVA, right? Um, we don't know Chris Moore's An status. An outside linebacker. Right, exactly. <laughs> right? We don't know Chris Moore's status, but theoretically, if he's available, what you could do is you could have Smith cover the slot, have Cor- Koras move back to corner, and have, have Chris Moore move to safety in nickel situations. I don't know how that sounds to everybody else, but it sounds uh, perilous to me, right? It sounds risky. Um, it's not something you want to be relying on, and you, I mean, hell, it's a lot to ask a dude to go from playing corner to safety, to safety to corner, you know, throughout a game. Um, I'm sure the kid would love the challenge because that's who Devonte is. But I mean, he did a pretty good job playing safety the other day when he literally had no time to prep for it. But I just feel like if you're if you're not attacking them that way you're 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 missing out conversely my fear is is that virginia's offense is not going is going to is going to commit the sin of all sins against virginia tech which is everything is east west like i i don't know how i don't know how many times i've watched tech play and somebody is trying to beat them around the you're just it's not going to happen like they that defense is not going to give you the edge you're just not going to get it and anything slow yeah. developing you just you're 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 shooting yourself in the foot there's a reason uh, dual threat quarterbacks work against them and it's because those dudes typically go forward and if you can go forward you have some you have a chance but you go wide you run these little little you know ridiculous slow developing you know oh this guy's gonna come out and you know you're, no it's not gonna happen yeah you know and like, UVA has
2: way too many of those plays. way
0: too many in the, and, and that's my fear like as I'm thinking about this thing like that's the thing that gives me the 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 anxiety is like they're going to call a bunch of stuff that they they think is essential to their offense, which literally plays right into what tech's defense wants them to do.
2: Yeah. It's almost like that would, I, I, you know, I have a lot of respect for, for what Bud Foster done there and I'm obviously not going to miss him. Um, but I think that that's what they do well is they take away all the gimmicky stuff. And it's just like the stuff that works for you is usually your best bullet. It's like whatever you do really well. Um, and obviously they do a good job taking away that stuff too. But like, If you're UVA, I think the way that you beat them is you put the pedal down and just throw. Like, I mean, obviously you're going to need to run the ball some, but I think you need to attack them down the field. And I think you need to play like you played in the second half last year. And I honestly think, I just said that it would be good for UVA to lead, but I think what helped UVA last year a little bit was getting behind. And then they had to, like, they had to go for it. They had to throw deep. They had to open things up, run a lot of shotgun, a lot of passing. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it felt like they threw the ball probably 75% of the plays in the second half um, and, and really attacked and, and it worked. I mean, they, they made a lot of plays in space. You saw guys like Reed and Zacchaeus making plays down the field um, and Dubois. Uh, so, I mean, I think that that's kind of the way you do it. You don't, don't try to get too cute with stuff and, run a lot they run a lot of these weird plays where bryce is like handing the ball off and spinning around and handing like that stuff's not going to work you you have to kind of hit them straight ahead with with the passing game i think
0: all right i have a i have a conspiracy theory that i want to run by you guys so last week against liberty right that first drive they went tempo right and then they stopped am i wrong uh, yeah, I think they, they did, the did the same it for a thing few plays. Before. Yeah, yeah okay. I mean they've done it a few times. So I'm curious. I'm not saying they're going to come out and do it the whole game because I think that that would sort of give up their um what I think they think is a is a significant uh benefit to them which is, you know, playing slow allows the defense to to be a bigger part of it and such and such. I will not I guess what I'm trying to say is I will not be surprised at all if there's a lot more tempo in this game. I feel like the that maybe the lesson of last year, because Bronco talked about this, right? That, like he, they, they were sitting around after the game, talking about it. The idea that they just weren't aggressive enough, and to me, that's the, that's the trick. Like you have to be it. You cannot go into this game thinking you're going to like. You know, back your back your way
2: into winning it, right? You're gonna have to go out. There I honestly feel like that's been one of UVA's biggest flaws in this streak. Yeah, it's exactly. like they try exactly. to they try to like get through the game. Yeah, there's a like, whole lot of like uh, let's well, not let's
0: try not to lose versus let's win. I think it's
2: that's like their mindset. To, it's like they tiptoe around, like it's like you know try to just get through this, and it's like you can't act. You have to be the aggressor.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. What were you getting ready to say, Dave? When I started talking a second ago, I don't
2: know. No,
1: no, I was just gonna say like. <laughs> um I mean, I feel like we have the same conversation on how to beat Tech every year. Like, I mean, because it hasn't really changed. It's it's hit them over the middle. It's it's be aggressive, um, but unfortunately, we've had three different coaching staffs over the last ten years who've, you know, who take a who evidently all take multiple years to figure it out. Um, so, I mean, I do think Virginia has the pieces to beat Tech, and yeah, I know you're right. Like East West doesn't work, but I do think. You almost have to sacrifice a player or two to show that's in your like tech players like to make big plays They're going to be undisciplined to make a big play So if you can hand it off on a jet sweep or slow developing draw play early in the game, you know, it's hard to Justify this but if it's going to be there the upside to that is tech's going to if you key that same look later and play action off of it or or just not hand the ball to the jet sweep Tech's going to react to it because they want to make that big play every time. So you've got to have a little bit of that to to kind of take
0: advantage of them. Yeah, but I also think they're all going to be zeroed
2: in on number three. Like they're all just going to know like Perkins is the guy. Yeah, this is going to be a game where you kind of
0: where you have to almost go into it expecting that Bryce that like everything that you thought you could do with Bryce in every other instance is not going to work. Right. Like yeah. if there was, a, and like we've heard the last few weeks, right. About how, you know, wide receivers are you know the second tier. Da, 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 da. Like if there was ever a time to use them, this is it. And like, you can essentially like, you can use Bryce as the decoy of all decoys. Like if there's an action that you can put in that makes the defense think Bryce is going to do something and then you do something else, this is the game to use it. Like, cause they, it, you're exactly right. Like they're going to essentially make you use somebody else to beat them. Like, the yeah, day, you, you
1: know who the go ahead. Sorry, no,
0: I was gonna say the day, like the day of like Vic Hall walking out there and be like, surprise, like that's you know what I mean? Like, you're, everybody in the stadium knows that three is, is the whole game plan, and it's and he's been the whole game plan. My hope is, is somebody who, like I said, who has a message board, um, is that that Virginia is able to, that, like, they're not necessarily like there's a secret game plan they've been saving for tech. I think that's dumb, but I do think that this staff likes it when they get to a comfort zone. With their personnel And one thing that has happened the last few weeks Is it seems like receivers have been making some plays And that there is Even if we don't like some of the route concepts And we we don't understand some of the You know, the way the sentences fit together um, There's enough there that you can do You can do a lot where you don't have to lean on Perkins to do everything If that makes any sense So go ahead, Dave Yeah,
1: I mean, look We know there are plays that Brendan Armstrong and Bryce Perkins Are on the field together This is the week we're going to see it I have zero doubt that at some point we're going to see a play that both of them are on the field. And it could be Brennan in the slot and running a jet sweep action and he gets the ball or he doesn't. Like, I, I'll be shocked if there's only one play, to be honest with you. Um, but the thing that was interesting in Liberty game to me, and I think Justin and I talked about it, was um, Virginia rarely uses their running backs in the pass game, right? But in Liberty, like Ad, I don't know if it was because it was Atkins or, or it's something they're adding with even Wayne, um, because Kyer did it too and hollands to some extent but the running back instead of staying in the block a lot now granted his liberty and not tech they were running that little flare route every play which takes the linebacker out of the box um baylor does i think was it baylor the game um yeah baylor did it a lot against oklahoma yeah what it does
2: is it it moves that linebacker out so you can just run right up the middle with a quarterback or whatever and that's the linebacker
1: doesn't follow him you know you got zones he's wide open
2: right yeah I mean, that happened in the Liberty game. There was one play, and it actually was a successful third-down conversion to Dubois. And I was sitting there, like, with Brad. I was like, dude, there was nobody to cover Atkins if he did that. And I was like, if they just run that play, he's going to gain 25, 30 yards. And Bryce threw it to an open Dubois and made the play anyway. But that's what happened. He ran a little flare, and there was nobody to take him because the linebacker stayed in the box because it was, like, third and four. Yeah. So he didn't want to leave Bryce with the lane. So, yeah,
1: and I don't know that you'll see like Virginia playing tempo tempo, but I do think, you know, Virginia is going to go with, you know, Keep the guys on the field, go to the line of scrimmage and keep taking their base defense so that they can attack The, the base defense through the air um, first and second down to me almost like you take shots on first and second And if you have two incompletions, you run a quarterback draw or a draw and you punt Because um, I think that's where your danger comes. It's third down and long in the situation you Now, If you're down 14, obviously you got to take a shot, but If it's a tie game and you've taken two shots on first and second down, just kind of run and punt, see what happens. Um, And then defensively, I know you guys were kind of joking about it, but to me, like I started wondering because I had mentioned to you guys that Noah was playing, Noah Taylor was essentially playing DB a few games ago, right after Bryce got hurt, and then he did it again this week, which makes me think maybe that's and maybe it's not wrong. Maybe that's the way you defend Tech because. The way they're running right, the way they're running their offense well, right now, yeah. it's 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 blocking. So now, if you got a guy that big taking on a block from Dalton Keene or or uh, God, what's uh, Hazelton James
2: Mitchell? Like oh, yeah.
1: he's going to have a much better better chance of fighting through that block to to go get the wide receiver screen.
2: Yeah, and Keene is midfields. like a notoriously good, like one of the best blockers in the conference.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, and, and you know, if and if they if they go deep, then you just pass them off to the safety and kind of play underneath them. Um, So I do think that's a way you can Given the pieces we're missing with Bryce Hall out Obviously um, Brent Nelson and all those guys I think that's an interesting wrinkle you can throw at him Because to me the way they attack you Is with their wide receivers and the screen game And and run blocking
0: This is my one hot take and then we're going to get to picks I kind of think they should keep Seneca Millage At uh, kick return Um, Whatever's going on with Joe he, He did not look like himself And yeah,
2: I, I I honestly don't necessarily disagree. I mean, which, because, is, like, which, if he's which not, is ridiculous, if, if right? If he's not there, yeah, I <laughs> yeah. mean, I'm not trying to, like, nothing against Joe Reed. Yeah, obviously, obviously. but it was but, crazy, right? Like, it's crazy but to but think, like... But if you feel like he can't give it to you, you definitely have other guys who can. Because let me tell you what, Seneca Millage is
0: going to be a problem, bro. Like, that, he's so fast. He's, it's ridiculous. Like, when you see it live, it's like, oh, like, it's he's got that special, like, other speed. You know, like, there's some dudes that are just fast. That's just kind of college football. But he has that like other gear and you're like, oh, like it
2: yeah. He has the gear where it's like he's jogging and you're like, he's running really fast for a guy that doesn't look well, like he's at full speed. What's funny like, is that, like he gets up to speed and then he, he seems to like have the turbo
0: button. Right. And you're just there's just no I mean, like, I, you know, I, I'm really
2: excited about that kid going forward. All right. Let's get and you let, can feel it in the you could yeah. feel it in the crowd. Yeah. Like, people you, were, people like, were like, oh, oh. like who yeah. is this guy? Yeah, and the s- people on TV thought it was like you go bossy and <laughs> Tavares yeah.
0: Kelly. Yeah. That oh, was really, funny. Me too. Um, All right. In the preseason, uh, Dave, we'll let you go first. We know we know where this is going.
2: 24
0: um, 21. <laughs> uh, you had 100% win probability for UVA in this game. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, what do you say now? I them?
1: always have that. That's the score, that's the way it's going to end. Um, I, I don't know if Virginia's going to score late or block a field goal, but something dramatic is going to happen late in the game. Um, Virginia's going to win this one by three. I'm going to drink a lot of maker's mark in the parking lot and I'm going to be thankful it was a noon game cuz that's going to give me all afternoon to enjoy it. Um so yeah, I, mean, I just think it's the year, man. Like Bronco, like I I I think we have a great football coach and I um you, know, you can argue about the offensive coordinator stuff all you want, but the offense is scoring and not every play is not great, but you know, it, it's better than I've seen recently. And I I believe in number 3. Um like, I think a little bit of Virginia Tech does is smoke, smoke and mirrors. And I think scheme-wise, you know, the 3-4 is a way to stop what they do. And, uh, look, defensively, I, I trust them to put a game plan together. And I think offensively, with Bryce Perkins returning and so many guys, you know, Dubois playing his last game at home and Joe Reed playing his last game at home and the emergence of Jana. And now you got the Seneca-Millage piece you can throw into it, you know, to make Tech alert. Um And then Brennan being healthy as well. So there's just some options there that Virginia hasn't had before. Playing at home,
0: yeah,
1: they're going to get it done, and I'm going to be so happy. If not, we'll be talking about it next year.
0: <laughs> if not, I was when you started talking, he's like, I just think this is the year. I thought to myself, in all the years we've done this podcast, how, however many years it is, that is the number of times I've heard Dave say, I just think this is the year. And I'm not, uh, and and we, I'm not throwing shade, like eight years after their streak. So. I'm not throwing shade because I'm sure I've said the same dang old thing. All right, Ferber, in the preseason, you had Virginia winning this 28 uh, 24 with a 50% chance of uh, win probability. Uh, You were the only one of the three of us that had Virginia going nine and three. Um, So credit to you. What's what what say you now?
2: Yeah. I mean, part of my reasoning for that nine and three pick was that I said, I didn't know exactly how they would get to nine and three, but it just seemed like the correct record. Um, I still kind of feel that way. I think this is a game where like if tech wins, you kind of say, okay, the signs were there, you know, like they were playing really well going into this game and, they have completely turned things around. If UVA wins, you can look back and say, well, that tech thing is kind of smoking mirrors, like Dave said, and UVA was the better team all along. I literally just flipped a coin because I have no idea what's going to happen in this game, and I could see it going either way, and the coin came up UVA. So UVA is going to win 24-21. to
0: all right, you guys should I pick 2421 so we can make it a true for, try you second? should.
1: I was getting ready, I was thinking it. I'm glad you could feel my vibe. Um uh, <laughs> all
0: right, so in the preseason I had this thing 33 28, 75% chance UVA wins it. All right. Listen. <laughs> a minute ago Ferber said something like we should have seen the signs. And I and I thought, that's that's usually you know, like I'm I have a political science background, right? And you don't ignore the polling, right? The polling says what it says. You, you you don't start trying to, you know, put all of your other stuff in place of the polling. Like you, you need to listen to what, what it says. Unless, right, there's a actual reason. And my reasoning here is it like to to the, your what we talked about earlier, I do think tech has been playing pretty well. I, I don't know how to extrapolate that out, right? And I don't know if if I can say that there's another team that they've played other than Notre Dame Since that You know That Duke debacle That is as good as UVA At least as of right now Right The offense is seems to have You know Hit a stride I think the offensive line Is blocking at a, better, at a higher level Um Clearly to me Like It's great that they, they They block so well Against Liberty But that's not what They're about to face Um I just wonder Like This is a team That hasn't turned the ball Over in three games Right They've done a really good job Of making good decisions They've gotten some luck too Um I don't know. For me, this thing comes down to which which team's um, offensive line can hold, can basically hold up long enough against the other front seven. Um, and I I just I kind of feel like Virginia's front seven is better, um, even with the injuries in the secondary. I kind of just feel like that's where this thing is won. Um, that front seven is right now playing, I think, at a really high level. Um, the defensive line, Falmuwe, had a great game last week. That defensive front is is going to be something I think Tech has not seen, and we've seen Virginia get after the quarterback. I, I feel like that if, we're, if there's any doubt about the offense being aggressive, I think we know the defense will be, um, and they have to be because you know you, you I think you have got to get there. The trick is going to be shutting down the run, and I think they've done a really good job of that. Um, they've been pretty solid against the run for most of the season. Uh, so yeah, let's make it let's do a let's do a triple daily double or whatever. Uh give me twenty four twenty one UVA wins. We didn't do um headlines, but I think we all know what the headline would be if Virginia <laughs> yeah. actually wins this game. Um if uh if it happens, should we do a should we do a podcast from the from the parking lot at, at St. Mark's? Should we should we do that? Should we should we allow hey, Dave to be would, in front of an open mic? With that much Maker's Mark if from anything, his unopened bottle from like well, 1997. So you won't
1: you won't be there too much. Like there's no way I'll be sober enough to even talk <laughs> by the time you guys finish. Um, I will, however, for I will make sure someone records at least the audio of all of us together. Uh, you know, um, the, guy, the group of guys I watched the game with, and when we got, if the three of us are able to get together after the game, we'll at least get audio of us like screaming, or you guys can get audio of me screaming and just insert it to the podcast next week. Um, because there's there's a good chance I may not sleep between Friday and the next podcast. <laughs> if that
0: happen. Dave has been up for seven days straight. Um, seven days. I, I don't know, man. Like I keep thinking about it. From a, I, it's it's funny how like your brain works. Like I can't I can't differentiate in my head the idea of like what what it would be like. Because think about it. Like I have nephews. I have two. I have three of them. All of them fifteen and younger. Right. Like I've got, you know, a lot of you know. I've never. I've been on this beat for a decade. never covered Virginia winning this thing, right? Um, I, it's hard for me to like differentiate, right? like how it would feel in terms of like the work side, in terms of also like how it would actually look to Virginia fans, you know what I mean? like and what it would feel like. And what's crazy is is like even if they if they if they are successful and we're right and they win twenty four twenty one, and then, they got to get ready and go play Clemson, <laughs> like you know, to the victor go the spoils. And I mean, listen, talk about a like a, a, just a completely stress free environment, right? Like they beat Tech. They'd obviously, I think, then they would be ranked. You know, you go to you go to Charlotte. Whatever happens, happens. I mean, hell, you slip up and win an ACC championship. Who knows? But like that, you know, <laughs> just just the idea of what it would mean to our conversation earlier, maybe to bring this whole thing full circle. Like it would be it would be astronomical. Like there's just no way around it. And I don't know, man. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see it unfold. I I just hope it's not, you know, like I said earlier, like somebody with a message board, man, dumpster fires are are not my friend. Um, and yeah, uh, I mean,
1: the issue with the streak, uh, not to keep this thing going for 10 minutes, but the issue with the streak is, you know, a, a loss this year, you know, it's 16 in a row, but again, you know, it'll be another coach losing, you know, you know, it'll be the third coach who's been a part of the streak essentially at some point, like the streak becomes bigger than the the current staff. And I think it, it like, it it just, it just hangs over the entire program and it it makes it hard for a coach like Bronco who's dominated Carolina, you know, dominated the other rivals and done very good in, in the coastal considering where, where the program was when he got here. Um, I mean, mean, you saw – someone brought it up on the message board. Like, is his job safe if he loses again? Yes, his job is safe if he loses again. He didn't lose 15 in a row, right? Um,
2: Yeah, you're right. I mean, but that's the thing is I think we're already at a point where the streak is bigger than the coaching staff. Like, Yeah. I mean, you can put those six losses on Mike. They lost a lot of games in his tenure, but, I mean, it was something that he inherited, right? I mean, like, I don't know – what was it at when he took it? Like, 10? Um, I guess it wasn't that many. Uh, it was probably no, seven no. or whatever. Yeah. Well,
1: Grow beat him in Oh three. So yes, six, seven. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And then it just kind of got worse, but that's what I mean. I think it's already at a point where it's, it's like, it's more a referendum on the program than the coaching staff. Um, and it's, <laughs> that's the, the, the frustrating thing about the streak is in the streak, they've been very close And it's not. They've beaten other teams uh, of equal caliber. I mean, there are better. Well, I mean, there there are times where Tech has been very good, and I kind of had to be reminded of that. You know, you forget how good they were for a stretch there early in the streak. I mean, they were ranked like every year. They were like seven and one in the ACC every year. Um, So those, I mean, everybody was losing to them then but now it's like all right you know wake is beating them 6 to 3 in overtime you know stuff like that it's it becomes this like supernatural sort of thing and i i'm not i don't think that way so it's just kind of like mind numbing and you can't just you can't just wish it away it's not like i'll just prepare harder like it doesn't work like that you know it's it's just eventually the things have to kind of last year's game kind of crystallizes it for me where You know, if UVA wins, I'm not going to take anything away from them. But, I mean, you saw what happened with the basketball team. Sometimes you just got to be – you have to be a great team that also subsequently gets the breaks, you know, like while playing well. Like all the things have to come together um, to win a national championship in basketball. And I kind of think that's how the streak is because of the psychological effect it has where Tech comes in expecting to win, having to win. You know, it's it's a big part of their culture, and UVA comes in, you know, hoping to win, needing to win, desperate to win, and it be, it's kind of part of their culture. Um, I think that last year, I mean, I I'm, Tech wasn't bad in that game last year. It wasn't like UVA fell flat on their face. Um, could UVA have played better? Yes but there was just a lot of stuff that just didn't go their way. And if a few of those things go their way, maybe they win and maybe they'll go their way this weekend. Um, But if they don't, I mean, if you just keep pounding the way that they're doing, like eventually they will go their way. (sighs) Hopefully we're not all
0: dead. (laughs) (laughs) Lord willing and the creek don't rise. Um, All right. I think that's a good place to, to end the discussion, which is basically uh, we, uh, we kind of don't have any idea. (laughs) Um, <laughs> yeah,
2: here's hoping we get one more chance to
1: to talk ACC football. Yeah,
2: that'll be that would be fun. We could be that back next be week talking ACC championship game. Well, I mean, we can save it for next week, but I think an <laughs> interesting question. I don't want to go over it right now, but like an interesting question is kind of like, wh- how do you view the season if they don't win this game? I think it's you a, know, can,
0: if if you can you put them in a position to, you know, like Bronco was kind of framing a little bit Monday, right? Like like Last you're year. in the you're
2: in the game you need to be in right you're in
0: the you're in the game you need to be in they could still go to the bowl and win a game and obviously improve on their um win total from I mean, a year ago they're in a position where they've won that eighth game in the regular season versus having to win it you know what I'm saying like so there is some but here's the thing yeah. the, perkins when you get done like with with his when you get done with the season like you look at the record book like he's going to be essentially what top however many quarterbacks of all time at UVA like he's tied for third right now if know, he wins
2: if he wins friday i believe he goes to number 2
0: so i mean it's just you know you will have you will feel like in a lot of ways that you squandered right there will be that feeling and that's understandable um but i don't know if 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 it if the if the, if that game defines it as much as it frames it and the difference to me in defi- definition versus framing is definition it is to me the um it is to me, the, it is like the, the essence of what it was, right? Versus the frame is like the way you look at it. And I still, I think if, you, if they lose, you look at the season as such and such and such and such, but, right? Um, whereas I don't think that if they lose the game that the season is, you know, failure. I mean, I think that they, you know, you, you can look at the, the big scheme and, and understand like the, the forward trajectory and still say, okay, it's, they're still growing, they're not there yet, um, but I mean, hell, Tech's got how many seniors? Like none, right? Like they're basically exactly what they're going to be next year. Um, so I'm not saying you need to hurry up and get it, but you kind of need to hurry up and get it. So anything, you guys, you guys, good? Did I just talk us out? Yeah, I think I think we got it. Yeah, all right. If you are somebody who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, wherever it is that you get your programs. And if you don't mind, give us a rating review. always helps to get us out in front of more people. If you're somebody who has found uh, the pod but has not given us a look yet at the site, check us out, CavsCorner.com right now. See, I've got Video Monday with Lamont Atkins and PK um, talking about their big games. Um, We didn't really get into the running game, but I I think that's interesting You know where Wayne is and whether Tyler Papa is healthy or what have you. Uh, you can also check out uh, our coverage from Monday's press conference. Um, the pro football focus grades are out, um, which, I mean, look, for Bobby Haskins and Dylan Rankinsmeyer to to grade out that well, given some of the struggles they had earlier in the season, that's that's noteworthy, as well as Falmui making the uh, national team for uh, PFF. Uh, Ferber's game preview for Maine, because it is, after all, Maine week is up. Um, as you listen to this, the Black the, Bears. Yeah, As you listen to this today, that, that game will, will obviously be there. And of course, we'll get you ready for Friday going forward this week. And uh, we'll be there in Charlottesville, whatever happens. Um, remember, it's Black Friday. Hit that Fanatics link. All your UVA stuff, M- NFL, M- NBA, it, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, hit that link. Anything that you purchase helps to support the site, and I very much appreciate that. Lastly, I want to thank Thorium Wealth and Second String Sports for their support of the show. You can visit Thorium Wealth online, thoriumwealth.com, T-H-O-R-I-U-M, thoriumwealth.com and Second String Sports, second with a two. Um, Or you're so inclined, you can click on the link that is in the podcast app of choice right now or in the content item for uh, this program. Um, Again, I want to thank everybody out there for continuing to support the show. I want to thank Dave and Ferber for giving me graciously of their time. As always, I very much appreciate it. For David Spence and Justin Ferber and Brad Franklin, publisher of CatsCorner.com, thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.